Welcome back to the Fundamental Hour and welcome back to our series where we're discussing spiritual gifts. The last two lessons we've talked about the purpose of spiritual gifts, what are spiritual gifts. We've talked about the fact that in many churches there is an overemphasis on spiritual gifts. And we talked about what the proper emphasis of the church should be. And if you have not watched those two programs, I would encourage you to go to our YouTube channel and check them out. Today we're going to start talking about a subject that we probably get, or I should say I get uh, many questions about. It is an issue for many people. We're going to talk about this issue of tongues. When God talks about spiritual gifts, He mentions uh, tongues, interpretation of tongues. And in many churches today, uh, tongue speaking is, is, a, is much emphasis placed on it. Uh, it is something that is practiced in many churches. And it is oftentimes when people go to a church, they are oftentimes encouraged and, and pressured to speak in tongues. The claim is of many churches that tongues are ecstatic utterances or heavenly languages. You say, preacher, what is an ecstatic utterance? Well, an ecstatic utterance is to utter something means to talk, okay? Ecstatic means you are very, very excited. It's like being out of control. So what many people teach is, is that tongue speaking is when somebody has been filled with the God's Spirit and the Spirit has overwhelmed them and they've lost control and they begin to speak or to utter different languages, languages that they don't know, languages that the people hearing them can't understand. And sometimes these languages are described as heavenly languages. Now, in most cases, the people I have spoken to, the knowledge I have, the experience I have in dealing with people who speak in tongues and who have witnessed this speaking in tongues, most often they do not claim to understand what they are uttering Neither do they claim that the others who hear them understand what they are uttering. Many of these people who talk about heavenly language will tell you that they pray to God in these heavenly languages. And I will ask, do you understand what you're saying? And they'll say, no, but God understands. Okay? Now, is this teaching biblical. Is there a biblical example in the Bible of people speaking in these ecstatic utterances or these heavenly languages? Or is this something uh, that is not in the Bible and is this possibly a trick of the devil? Let's look at what the scriptures say. Now when you go to most churches who speak in tongues, they put a lot of emphasis on Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 is, is the first place in the New Testament that we really 
experience or we have any kind of witness of tongue speaking. And we're going to go and we're going to look in Acts chapter 2. We're going to spend quite a bit of time in Acts chapter 2. And we're going to see exactly what happened in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. So we're going to today answer three different questions. What was promised and fulfilled in Acts chapter 2? What three miracles were manifested in Acts chapter 2? And we're going to talk about who heard the disciples speak in other tongues. Now, first of all, let me remind you, in last week's lesson, we talked about the Great Commission verses, and we talked about Mark 16, Luke 24, John chapter 20, Matthew 28, and Acts chapter 1. And in Mark chapter 16, I want to bring attention to, your, to you again in verse 17. The Bible says, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. Now this is the first place in the New Testament that tongues, specifically here, new tongues, is mentioned. And we're going we're gonna to show you what that new tongues is as we teach through this subject. In Luke chapter 24 and verse 49, we saw the Bible said, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. So there was a promise made that the disciples would be endued or they would be filled with power. They would receive power. So we're told that they would have signs and speak in new tongues. We're told that they would be filled with power. And then in Acts 1.8, the Bible says, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So there is a clear prophecy. To prophesy is to foretell. There is a clear foretelling by Jesus Christ, that His disciples would receive power in Jerusalem from the Holy Spirit, and that they would be able to speak in new tongues. In Acts chapter 1, verse 12 and 13 and 14, the Bible says, Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, or the Mount of Olives. Now, in all of those Places we read from last week and here, Matthew 28, Mark, Luke, John, Acts chapter 1, the, the disciples had been gathered at the Mount of Olives. That's where Jesus appeared to him, to them. And he had told them to wait in Jerusalem. So in verse 12 it says they returned to Jerusalem. And in verse 13, and when they were come in, they went up into an upper room where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon Zelotes and Judas the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and with his brethren. 
So the disciples, not just the, the, the 11, but also other disciples, many of which were women, including the mother Jesus, had gathered together in Jerusalem and they were praying in the upper room. And the Bible says in verse 15, And in those days Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, The number of names together were about 120. So this is a relatively large room held 120 people. And these disciples are together praying. So that is the, the, the setting of the events of Acts chapter 2. Jesus has been crucified, buried, risen, appeared to his disciples, gave, him, gave them a commandment to go into all the world and preach the gospel, that they would receive power to do so, and told them to wait in Jerusalem until they be endued with power. They're there, they're praying, and they're waiting. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Now, the day of Pentecost. Pentecost is a feast. It is a feast of first fruits. This feast takes place 50 days after the Jewish Passover. Jesus was crucified at the time of the Passover. The Bible tells us he spent 40 days in his resurrection body, he appeared unto the disciples. So, we are approximately 10 days removed from the ascension of Christ into heaven and the disciples being together praying and waiting for the promise of power. And they're all in one place. Verse number 2. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. Now oftentimes when I teach the Bible, and we've got this verse on the screen for you there, Acts chapter 2 and verse number 2, I'll ask people, was there a rushing mighty wind? So I, I, you're, you're watching me, you're looking at the verse on the screen, was there a rushing mighty wind? Oftentimes people will say yes, no, it was not. You're not reading the verse carefully. And this is one of the reasons why we don't get truth right, is we don't read carefully what the Bible says. It doesn't say there was a rushing mighty wind. The Bible says there was a sound as of a rushing mighty wind. Now, in other words, they heard a sound, and what it sounded like was a rushing mighty wind. So there was no wind blowing their hair or blowing their clothing. There was a sound like wind. And the Bible says that it filled all the house. The sound filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. Cloven tongues like as of fire. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So as the Holy Spirit gave them the words to speak, they began to speak in other tongues. So, 
I told you there was three things we were going to specifically teach in this lesson today. Number one, what was promised and came to pass in Acts chapter 2? Well, God promised that He would give them power from on high. That happened in Acts chapter 2. He promised that He would send the Holy Spirit. That happened in Acts chapter 2. And He promised that they would speak in new tongues. And the Bible says here that the Spirit gave them utterance and they began to speak in other tongues. Now, I told you we we're going to talk about three miracles that happened here. The first miracle is a sound. There was this loud sound like as of a rushing mighty wind that filled the room. That's the first miracle. The second miracle is the cloven tongues of fire. No doubt this was some type of symbol God had given them that they would speak with other tongues. Okay? So there was cloven tongues like as of fire. There was a sound. And then the third miracle here is that they spoke in other tongues. Three different miracles that took place on this day of Pentecost. You say, preacher, why do you mention these three miracles? Here's the reason I mention these three miracles. One time I, I read a book. I was reading a book written by a, a particular pastor and he claimed to speak in tongues. And he claimed to have God's power. And he was describing his church service and he was talking about how that if you visited his church service, that you would experience what the disciples experienced in Acts chapter 2. And as I read his description of what was taking place in his church services, I didn't find what happened in Acts chapter 2. Because there was no mention of a sound that filled the room, and he didn't mention cloven tongues of fire. He only mentioned that they spoke in tongues. And I'm going to show you in just a minute, or I'm going to show you over the, this week and the next week and the next week that what he was talking about was not what the Bible was talking about. Because I want you to notice here who heard them speak. And I just mentioned that this man talked about in his church services, the same thing was happened that happened in the Bible. No, what happened in the Bible in Acts chapter 2 is not what you're experiencing in many of these churches today that speak in tongues. That's not what happened here. Let's look at what happened here. The Bible says in verse 5, And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven, now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. Now, pay attention to what I'm saying here. The disciples are gathered together. What are they doing? They're praying. They're in an upper room. How many are in that upper room? 120. Now, how big was that room? Well, we know the city of Jerusalem, we have a pretty good idea of how big the city of Jerusalem is. We have a pretty good idea that there wasn't any large buildings 
in Jerusalem that held thousands of people in an upper room. Obviously, the room was big enough to hold 120 people. The Bible tells us that they were told to wait for power to come. And then it tells us in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that they would be witnesses unto God. So, when the power came from on high and they began to speak in other tongues, what do you think they did? Well, they went to be witnesses of the gospel. They left that upper room and they walked out into Jerusalem and they began to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what it tells us here is there were men from all nations, devout men out of every nation under heaven, verse number 5. Well, if there were men from every nation, no doubt they spoke different languages, did they not? And it says that when this was noised abroad, abroad means out. When this was told, what was told? Well, when it was told that men were miraculously speaking in languages they had never learned. The word got out to the multitude of people in Jerusalem. Because remember, there were lots of people in Jerusalem coming to the Feast of Pentecost. This is a major feast in the Jewish religion. And it says that every man heard them speak in his own language. So if you would have been at Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost, what language do you speak? Do you speak English? Do you speak Ga? Do you speak Chi? Do you speak Ewe? Frafra? What language do you speak? Is it French? Well, the Bible says that if you would have been at Pentecost, on the day of Pentecost, that you would have heard these men speak in your own language. You would not have heard them just saying a bunch of things that you didn't understand. You would have heard them speak in your own tongue, your own language. Verse number 7 says, And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? You've heard of the Sea of Galilee. It's a lake in Israel. It's an area called Galilee. And these people from every nation, when they heard these men that were speaking, these disciples that were gathered in the upper room, when they heard them, they said, Look, these people are all Galileans. How is it that they speak my language. In verse number 8, And how hear we every man in our own tongue where we were born? And then the Bible mentions these places, some of them, Parthians and Medes and Elamites and dwellers in Mesopotamia and in Judea and in Cappadocia, in Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, in Egypt and in parts of Libya, about Cyrene and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes. These people were from Europe. These people were from Africa. These people were from west of Israel, north of Israel. These people were from 
many places. Look in verse number 11. Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? What was promised on the day of Pentecost? It was promised to the disciples that God would give them power. What happened? God gave them power. What kind of power? Well, He gave them the ability through the power of the Holy Spirit to speak the languages of the people that were gathered together in Jerusalem. What three miracles took place? There was a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. There were cloven tongues like as of fire that sat upon each of them. And the fact that they spoke in these languages. Who heard the disciples speak? Men from every nation, and they heard them speak in their own language. Now, I ask you this question. When you go to church and they claim to speak in tongues, do they speak in tongues like they did in Acts chapter 2? No. No, they blah, 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 blah. They, they speak in a language that you don't understand and they don't understand. And that's not what happened in Acts chapter 2. We're going to talk more about this Acts chapter 2 next week. I hope you'll come back because I'm not done revealing what the Bible talks about or teaches concerning tongues, and I'm not done revealing the lies and the deception that take place in many of the churches today throughout this world who claim to speak in tongues. So you come back next week as we continue this subject of speaking in tongues, and we look in greater detail what the Bible teaches us about tongue speaking. God bless you. Thank you for watching the Fundamental Hour.